Welcome to the Tapping Into podcast with Sarah Tobin. That's me. I've created this podcast to help you discover and tap into spiritual, alternative and natural practices that could really change your life. I've been on a spiritual journey my whole life and I'm now an EFT or tapping practitioner. In this podcast, I have honest conversations on topics that I hope will deepen your soul connection, allow you to reclaim your power and confidence, know that you're not alone and feel inspired to find out more. I really hope this helps you on your journey. Today I'm talking about highly sensitive children with Kathy Bell. We explore what it means to have a highly sensitive child and what that feels like for them. We discuss the four cornerstones of support that we can employ to help our children, from adapting our lifestyle to helping soothe and calm them, to helping them understand their superpower. Sensitivity is not a weakness, it's such a gift and we as parents can help them understand and see that too. This will ultimately drive their resilience and confidence as they get older. So let's dive in and learn the tools that can help. Enjoy. In today's episode, my guests and I are tapping into sensitive children. I'm here with Kathy Bell. She's a breath worker, a space holder, runs breathwork healing circles and one-to-one sessions. As a sensitive child herself, Kathy was able to recognize that her daughter was highly sensitive too and has self-published a book called The Sensitive Subject, full of tools and techniques that we can use with our children to help them. Thank you so much, Kathy, for joining me today and for your time and this beautiful gift of a book that you've given the world. I've had so many questions from my followers for you today, so let's cover off some basics first and then we'll dig into those. To start off with, I'd love to explore what a sensitive child looks like and how we recognize this in our children. Hello, thank you, um, Sarah, for having me. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm really excited to come back to this topic uh, and talk and yeah, answer those amazing questions from your followers. Um, So a sensitive child, um, how do they present? What do they look like? They are, you already will know that they are sensitive. So they are, (laughs) (laughs) they are sensitive um in however way you know you may describe that this may present as shy behavior this may present as uh, reactions to noise reactions to overstimulate overstimulation um they may be deeply empathic they may be really good observers or noticers uh, they may notice so much more about the world than any, you know, than their peers. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they will just feel things more deeply. So in comparison to, let's say, a, a class of children, um, there will be the ones in the class who feel deeply, um, feel more deeper than the others in the class may do. Um, yeah, they will notice more, be aware of, of more. And um, I mean, I suppose everyone is sensitive in 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 ways, right? So there's absolutely every child is sensitive. Mm-hmm. But I suppose there's this is like a super superpower almost a super sensitivity, um, where they probably are 
more deeply empathetic would that be right like they would feel other people's emotions yeah so um the term highly sensitive is 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 kind of penned by a, a lady called dr elena aaron and she has very specific kind of characteristics of a sensitive highly sensitive person and highly okay. sensitive child um and that is the 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 they're more sensitive to the external stimulus. So they're more ex more stimulated. Um, they process stimulation. So whether that's visual, auditory, kinesthetic, deeper. Okay. So they process it in a more refined, no, not refined, a more detailed way. Um, many highly sensitive people and children are also empathetic and intuitive so that doesn't mean that just because a child isn't sensitive that they can't be empathic yeah it's just that these two things seem to go together okay. there seems to be this correlation that that the more sensitive you are the more likely you are to be very deeply empathic um and and or intuitive as well um yeah amazing and <laughs> would it be fair to say that sensitive highly sensitive children struggle more or or find things harder mm, it's quite a generalization um, yeah. but I'm honing on that because yeah. our modern world is set up in an we have an overstimulated society you know we have a, a highly stimulated society so blue light for example mm. mad, modern fast-paced world our lifestyles um I mean, obviously, we we're just speaking two weeks after schools have gone back, um, yeah. had lockdown. So that that whole fast paced lifestyle did did dissipate for some time. So we're yeah. but we're talking in general, regardless of, of like world events. Yes. Lifestyle is very hectic. Um, and that doesn't always suit highly sensitive children. I mean, I grew up in the 80s. Like, you know, we had four channels and I played with the Barbies <laughs> and I lived in the countryside. But, and I, yet I still struggled. Yes. Um, with various aspects of sensitivity. Um, so you can imagine, you know, the growth and the, the advances in technology that we've had, the advances in everything, you know, that we've had. So, yeah, it's a generalized answer to a generalized question but yeah no that makes in, sense in ways because of how society is now is yeah <laughs> and we can expect that um children maybe do struggle a little a little with, bit with the, the overstimulation yeah and how does that um, manifest for them? It, does it mean that they could be highly emotional so that they um, would have very high highs and very low lows? Yeah, I mean, with I mean, high highs and low lows just makes me think of like personality disorders and things like that. Oh, so, right. Okay. You know, mental health kind of, you know, we often associate those, that kind of description with, well, okay. I do anyway, yeah. with mental health. So I want to separate that because yes of course yeah highly sensitivity is a personality trait it's not a life sentence it's not an illness it's not a disease it's not yes. something that you know you contract um highly sensitive people <laughs> are, are born born sensitive it's usually you know can be genetic it can just be something that's totally unique to a particular child yes um but yeah and a gift 
and a gift absolutely yeah. hopefully you can ex- yes get that from how I talk about sensitivity and that that yeah emotion but yeah emotions are very on the surface if I talk from a personal perspective um you know my husband would describe me as as is emotional mm-hmm. um that's not to say that's a bad thing but yeah it means that my emotions do run high and and the tears are there you feel you feel yeah I feel um, like yeah. I'm moved I will be moved by the tv I will cry at <laughs> x factor <laughs> you know so that it's yeah but sensitive children can um yeah can experience I would say emotion you know emotional outbursts but that's usually down to overwhelm overwhelm is usually that underlying cause of a emotion emotion yeah Yeah, of an of an outburst of an outburst yeah in one of the questions um, yes I was gonna say a a lady a lady I presume it's a lady um (laughs) seeing as we're here for tapping for moms um but dad's welcome of course um yeah it talks about meltdowns yeah um and they you know having an eight-year-old I have have experienced the toddler meltdowns the five-year-old meltdowns and now the eight-year-old meltdowns which are all very very different and for very different you know reasons but all have that underlying topic of, of overwhelm so yeah that's maybe something that we can talk okay that's that's really interesting isn't it so how um how do we support with overwhelm when as you say life is so busy and hectic and chaotic and and there are obligations to be at school at a certain time of the day and mm-hmm. you know and then the school environment itself which we, I think we will come on to later because that was mentioned quite a lot in the questions mm. um how do we manage overwhelm in a highly stimulated environment and world yeah so I actually wrote a whole chapter about lifestyle because um it's kind of just the underpinning uh know, cornerstones like one of the cornerstones of managing and helping uh, a sensitive child um so yeah we do have school you know school's gone back and I'm feeling it you know getting up every morning to to do the school run even I'm feeling that <gasps> yeah that sense of of um just that sense of overwhelm even though it's quite small but imagine how the children are actually feeling you know going back into that environment there's 30 more children surrounding them they're in a classroom you know they're it's kind of how can we support them back to the question yeah lifestyle is so key so we have to understand that their nervous systems are more sensitive okay with that simulation can come easier so therefore we have to try and reduce the stimulation as much as possible so almost proactively up front try and manage yeah as best as, as we can as best as we can yeah. yeah so that may look as uh look like quiet weekends it may look like saying no to a family obligations yeah. yeah obligations yeah. it may mean you know tv off dim light and a bath at 6 p.m you know in me you know our lifestyle really dictates how our children um cope and thrive and manage and, and deal with what's going on for them so you know our lifestyle has had to change because obviously a lot pre you know in in lockdown it was it was a certain way and we could push boundaries because we weren't going out we weren't seeing yeah. there was no school um 
but now it's kind of like oh okay we need to have you know we need to dim the lights at like 6 p.m we need to make sure the screens are all away we need to make sure we're creating this environment that's soothing and um has allows doesn't add to any more stimulation but yeah definitely i mean it's the weekends those time outside school that you can control yes you know at school it's kind of you can't really control what's going on it's one of those things that is done yeah but that the time outside school what you do in the holidays what you what you're choosing to kind of to say yes to like after school clubs or even just the you know we noticed at the weekends we would have gone to swimming on Sunday mornings and rugby at at um on Saturday mornings and we were gone out of the house by half eight nine every weekend yeah and this lockdown was amazing because we didn't have to go to do any of that and the children haven't suffered because we haven't yeah. done those activities Absolutely. and we've had relaxing mornings making pancakes and you know it's just been so much nicer absolutely and there, yeah. there is that pressure to to provide all these enriching experiences for our children but for, as a as I said this to child myself I remember you know my mum my mum wanting me or pushing me to do a hobby because everybody else was yeah and yet I found it horrendously painful um I found it just challenging enough just to cope with school and and that environment having to then you know leave the house leave my safe haven leave my area where I de- you know decompressed and yeah. know that at the time but that's what was happening to go into a new environment with new people you know new lights new sounds new smells new people new skills to learn new pressure I, the pressure to yeah yeah I absolutely yeah. Hate I you know I hated it I tried so many mum tried so many times and yeah it didn't harm me in any way you know my I am I am a a well-rounded yeah um, you know human grown-up human and I now have lots of hobbies um so yeah I think there is that pressure to do and give our children so much I'm actually giving a sensitive child space and time at home quiet time at home you know building bricks like my daughter still loves I mean she'd kill me for saying this don't tell her (laughs) but you know she's because she's like almost nine but we still have a box of Duplo like she plays with Lego but Duplo like you know just sitting with a box of Duplo and just making a tower Uh, you know just simple even that is just so calming and soothing for her and I know when she's anxious or wound up or in a pickle herself it's kind of one of her coping mechanisms I don't think she'd admit it but I noticed that it really helps her so just those simple things yeah yeah so it's it's I suppose it's tuning into your child a little bit more and making decisions for the family based on their needs mm-hmm. yeah yeah you summarized that really well okay awesome <laughs> Great. Okay, so we've we've got the environment nailed now. We can kind of, you know, reduce overwhelm as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens then in the height of their most negative experience? You you used the word painful there a few minutes ago, and that's interesting to me. So how how did that manifest for you? Like this pain that you described there is it is it a physical pain because of the nervous system kind of literally like you feel like you're in pain, or was it painful in an emotional way? as an adult now I experience pain um 
when I, you know, with overwhelm, like the stress and the tension. So I would relate pain in that way to stress and tension, um, headaches, tummy aches, that kind of thing. That might be prevalent for children. So physically, um, literally physically. Yeah, yeah physical, you know, the, the kind of the overstimulation headaches, the, the funny feeling in the tummy because we can empathically pick up on someone else's worry or... Yeah. And, and they're not showing it for example uh, which leads to then confusion and and um uh, oh so say for example trying to pretend that something's okay at home right so mom mom's stressed about something but she's pretending and, yeah but she's pretending but, putting on this show that actually mm-hmm. everything's okay don't worry you know we're all good there's little swan legs going but your child can actually identify that there's something else going on uh-huh and yeah. in their mind would they then could they then go down all sorts of routes in a way because they don't yeah. know? And I know I know from my own work that you know you at a very early age you infer everything around you as your fault or you're kind of related to. So was it actually really important here to to express that to the child, even if you might they may not fully understand? What what's your advice there? Yeah, I mean it's pure open and honesty. Wow. Um, if I am yeah, like you say, children really do infer everything is their fault their responsibility yeah um so yeah from a really young age I have always been open and honest with with my daughter because of what's going on even with her dad you know like daddy is really stressed daddy is really angry because of x y and z it's got nothing to do with you okay do you understand that yes okay you know Mm. um because there is that 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 incongruent feeling of i know something's i can feel something's wrong but my primary caregiver whoever that is is telling me that everything is okay and that that confusion that incongruence really can conjure up this internal angst which i would i would call you know pain uh although that you know internal angst and internal like conflict Conflict. isn't it's a it's a not a nice place to be um i did ask yasmin this morning i told her what i was doing my daughter's yasmin um and i told her what i was doing and and i said to her i read out one of the questions Besides telling them I'm here for them, what other ways can I help them feel supported? Oh, brilliant. So I said, I said, besides, you know, I said, what have I done that's really helped you to be okay with with sensitivity and stuff? And she said, telling me about it. She she said being, she was like, you've always talked to me about it. You know, I think sometimes we have this negative view of, sensitive people you know yeah Um, this kind of this it's like a weakness yes uh and I was always and that's how I felt you know growing up as a child like there's no blame on my mother but you know she didn't know sensitivity was a thing she just thought I was a bit of a wimp you (laughs) know uh as did all of my family and that's kind of how uh, you know the bit of a wimp trait I carried with me all through life uh, up until this point don't feel like a wimp anymore um but I you know I was so uh fixed on that I didn't want her to feel that way um and so I was always open and honest about it and even though 
I still felt that my sensitivity held me back in life at that point. I mean, she's eight now. So we've, you know, we've had many years to, and I've had many years to work through, through this. So in 2017, she would have been five. Um, but yeah, being open and honest and about sensitivity and really growing the and cultivating resilience as you've asked about yeah um, but also resilience and self-confidence knowing that it's okay because yeah. that in when things are incongruent when you can feel someone's emotions or you know something but someone's telling you the opposite that can really damage self-confidence it did personally for me as well for me um you know well I can't I'm not right I feel like I'm right inside but they're telling me I'm not right so I mustn't be right I've got it all wrong I just make things up in my head and there's that downward spiral elements of um distrust in your own inner inner belief yeah absolutely just then lose confidence yeah like you say that's the the confidence lost then in your own intuition and your own no inner knowing yeah absolutely and um I feel like this relates to kind of validation of emotions isn't it it's Mm. like literally naming or suggesting a emotion that might be be coming up because of a situation because you can't always tell right like what exactly it is Mm -hmm. you're able to to say oh well maybe you're upset because we we've just given out to your brother this happened to us last night so we we told Casper off and my youngest Josh started to bawl crying yeah and so yeah um so we were like you know it's okay we've we've told Casper off but we're not mad at you and you know Casper's okay you're okay we're all okay um <laughs> and kind of I suppose validating what they're feeling is that is that yeah. what you, I suppose your daughter was getting at there yeah absolutely understand yeah I, I come from that empathize understand and empathize they're the, the the other the other pillar so we've got lifestyle understand and empathize is the other cornerstone sorry um right and, you know, I can just validate in those feelings. I mean, a lot of parent, you know, modern parting advice and behavior advice does now advocate that for, you know, I can see that you are X, Y, Z, or, you know, I can, I can understand that you may be feeling upset or angry. I can see that you're feeling angry. You know, that, that, that positive kind of parenting, exactly emotional intelligence kind of approach is quite prevalent, but yeah, yeah. it's, super important for sensitives um highly sensitive children to validate what they might be feeling or what you think they're feeling i think yeah. mummy mummy thinks that you're really upset because we've told casper off and you can you know you're probably feeling really sad for casper is that right yeah, yeah. yes mum is there anything else you know are you feeling anything anything else in there um but yes yeah, so I don't want to go on too much about yeah no no that's that's perfect that's perfect and so we've got lifestyle and understanding and empathize and is there more pillars or cornerstones calm and clear oh calm and clear like that calm and clear yeah and then and then empower and thrive okay so do we have a chat about calm and clear then yeah sure so you all when you asked about pain there was something yeah. that we missed that I didn't, I wanted to come back to. Okay, brilliant. And it is this fuzzy feeling. So it's not a pain, okay. but it's a, a fuzzy feeling. And if you imagine 
your empathic, sensitive child as a very, very porous sponge because they haven't learned about, I don't know, energetic protection <laughs> or, you know, all of, or being boundaries. a sovereign, yeah, boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, they have, they're still children. You know, imagine a busy day at school or a busy day, I don't know, a Saturday where you go to the supermarket, you go to the play centre, you know, I don't even know if those places are open. Hopefully they're not. No. <laughs> um, you know, you know, you go, you go to a play centre, you go to a supermarket, there might be a trip to the shops in there, in a, in a you know, shopping centre in there. All of that stimulation, there is this feeling of buzzing. And I, like... I experience it quite viscerally, you know, like it's literally like I'm just, my cells are vibrating, like I absorb so much. Um, and, and not everyone experiences, excuse me, the same as, as, as that, but yeah, there is this, this sense of, of overwhelm. However, that manifests and that can manifest in, you know, in different emotional states, different feelings, tummy aches, headaches they're common um yeah, yeah. But I have I have this buzzy feeling so okay. that's what I'd relate it to yeah so calm and clear is understanding that but then moving through some techniques to help remove and discharge some of that um so that's no one basically like um sorry to interrupt but it's around a kind of uh collective energy isn't it so it's 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 a sensitivity to what's physically going on around you, even though it's totally unrelated. Yeah. Absolutely. See, and, and, and if maybe for people who don't know, but you know, we have an energetic field an aura, which is six feet around us. So even though maybe something's not impacting us directly, we could still have our, basically our feelers out. Isn't that right? Like mm -hmm. kind of literally our octopus legs Absolutely. feeling out around us to see, is it safe? Is the world nice? What's happening? What's going on over there? Absolutely. And that's when we're kind of collecting other people's junk mm -hmm. <laughs> into yeah. our fields. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so yeah, so calm and clear would literally be techniques to remove remove that. So do you want me to go into a few of those? Because yeah. I feel like they relate to some of the questions that you had. So Amazing, yeah. Um, water is just the best. Um, so Epsom salt baths are incredible. Um, yeah. A bath, just just a bath is incredible. Um, children who don't like baths, foot baths. Oh, okay, yeah. Foot baths is like people go, oh my God, I never even thought of that. It was such a brilliant idea. And I um, you could, but my worry with the salts and young children is that they would they drink the water. Like my boys yeah. just literally, they're like fish <laughs> in the water. Yeah. So um, how much Epsom salts can you put in without kind of... <laughs> Yeah, I mean the dilution. Up. I mean the dilution. I mean Epsom salts are used, aren't they? Used, aren't they? Like medicinally for um, constipation, I think. So yeah, we probably wouldn't want to get them to ingest too yeah. much of it. Yeah. I mean, once they taste it, they'll be like, "Oh, that's gross." That's true. You know, my daughter yeah. does do that. She's like, "Oh, you put salt in it. I can't drink it." And like, yes, well, it's bath water, so I would hope you won't be drinking. <laughs> it. But anyway, um, you know. So the, the taste isn't very nice. So kind of obviously very, very young children, you probably yeah. need maybe a little sprinkle, a little handful. So yeah. it would be really, you know, dissolved. I have like 500 grams in my bath. So they're like, it's <laughs> like being in the Dead Sea. They're you know, like, oh, so, 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 so salty. Um, but yeah, um, I would go with whatever is recommended on the packet, really, because 
you know okay yeah. depending on the size of your bath and all yeah. that kind of stuff but but epsom's just a bath you know just a bath like water is so so cleansing and healing if they don't like baths showers are also perfect yeah. as well you know we've all not probably haven't all but it's quite a common if you ever read into you know how can I clear my energy you know uh, teachers and things will often say you know imagine a shower of golden light or, yeah. gold, or you know imagine a white light um you know so the shower is is just just good imagine yeah. washing it off if you notice overwhelm starting to build when you're away from the home and baths and showers and foot baths and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff isn't possible yeah then hand washing is so beautiful really um yeah like oh I have um as an organization I work with um sometimes and yeah my kind of the the lead person there he's super super empathic like like so 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 sensitive and he washes his hands every time he moves from like leaves the building he will wash his hands to leave the energy of that time and space there Mm. like he will he'll not leave he will wash his hands before he leaves and make a kind of a bit of a ritual about it okay we're talking like a disconnection disconnection yeah Yeah. is it something physically that he does to disconnect from from that time and space and, and that place with children you know you can just take them have get you know get some water on their hands hand washing um i've just got a vision of like people pulled over at the side of the road with a bottle of water (laughs) even just things like that just water on the hands over the hands even a wipe you know act of okay cleansing is okay super good yeah um oh sprays so we were talking before weren't we about orosoma yeah um but a cleansing spray can be super, like a super tool that uh, sensitives love because they're usually a little bit into what, you know, the kind of spiritual side of things. Yes. Um, so just a simple spray bottle with some water. I mean, you can collect natural water from a stream or the sea if you, yeah, if you yeah. have that luxury. Um, add in a couple of drops of essential oils that your child likes you know get them involved in the process yeah um, you don't have to buy expensive cleansing and protective sprays but yeah they're, they're available you know you can you can buy them but if you just want to something simple quick and easy a simple spray bottle if you've got some really teeny tiny crystals and you can get them um into the bottle, into the bottle. Yeah. you can put those in as well yeah you can just add in a like a teaspoon of salt or a teaspoon of epsom salt and dissolving dissolving it in warm water first and then pouring it in okay um can be super, super and so could that be something that they, they might go to when they come home from school they might just uh-huh. want to spray yeah or pre-bed or after yeah. a busy day out or something or bring Absolutely. it out with you maybe yeah i mean there can be i've got a i have the kind of the protection one and the clear one you know like a cleansing one so you can have yeah a bit of both for a while yasmin used the protection one as she was going to school because there was a couple of you know people that she found their energy really really hard to to manage so we used the protection spray before she went to school and what was in the protection one that was that would be different from the clear one it would generally be the intention from that okay yeah, yeah 
and the just the essential oils really so yeah. you know like we kind of associate things like sage um with cleansing so you know clara clara i can't say it but say those kinds of things are great um um, and I suppose maybe the crystals used in the bottom would be the darker crystals or something like that, which absolutely grounding yeah. and protection. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting about the intention, but it's, it's good because you're getting them involved and understanding their own like emotions. So you've had a busy day. Do you want to, do you feel like you want to spray? It? And I suppose over time, they'll just r- grab it when they want it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then we have then there's, there's then then there's crystals of course like yeah. you know, like you say with the darker crystals for protection, lighter you know quartz for clearing. Um, so yeah, they can again you can get them to choose, but it would be the intention whatever they're drawn to you know yeah, yeah. Um, is is also great. I mean there's certain techniques as well. So you know one lady um, asked one of the questions was techniques she tries breathing and, and her five-year-old son is not too keen yes. on it yeah. I actually asked Min about this because um again she's the expert and <laughs> she said why why don't you get him to think of something that is um something that he likes so when he's upset ask get him to think of something that he likes and base the breathing around that so what she means by that is imagine the I don't know, imagine his favourite food is candy floss. Okay. So imagine, turn that into like a breathing practice where we're imagining about candy floss. So we're breathing in the candy floss. Oh, or the smell of the candy floss. Yeah. Like, yeah, and breathing out. Oh, that's so interesting. Getting them to, or colour. Like I love yeah. associating emotions with colours. If anyone's Same. watched... Um, like Inside Out, the Disney Pixar film yes. Inside Out. That's a kind of a cool way. You know, some children relate to colours better than um, than than others. Um, but also, yeah, breathing in a calming colour, asking them to identify a calming colour for them. Yeah. And asking them, to, you know, breathing that in. Um, That's just visualisation, really, isn't it? It's absolutely. Aiding yeah. them, their visualisation. Absolutely, yeah. And just having it to being creative and mm. um, them having a bit of their own stamp on it. You know, yeah. their, their favourite thing might be the sea, you know, being at the beach. So, you know, imagine we're on the beach and, and we're breathing in the sea air and yes. or our breath is coming in and out like a wave. Yeah, so that's Just something that's creative and that they can... Um, yeah, because a breathing practice can be quite... Yeah, and the crystal's a good one too, but, like, my son loves to sit on the bed and, like, play and touch and pick one and, you know, looks at the colours and things like that. Sometimes, well, we actually both of them have a bunch of crystals under their bed, mm. um, and sometimes Casper will have one under his pillow that he chooses as well. Mm. Um, obviously not too small <laughs> for, yeah. for his mouth and stuff, because that can happen too. They they often go in the mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with younger children, you you just kind of tend to adapt these these practices yeah for for the for the age really um there was when i've got it here like my uh big smudging stick mm, of sage so yeah sage in your book as well but yeah if you're into smokes and you know sage has been used by native american tribes and is a native american indigenous plant um and has been used for centuries for 
clear clearing spaces um so sage and palo santo which is a, a wood a wood stick um so if you can buy those really ethically and yeah. um responsibly and use them responsibly um then yeah they're and everyone in your home is okay with you using them uh then go for it i mean another nice another nice way of uplifting a space clearing a space is just using a diffuser and some essential oils oh, as well yeah, yeah. Um, if that's more accessible to you yeah in fact we have a diffuser in casper's room every night he's actually just mm. taken my doTERRA one because the yeah. light the night light is really good and he likes yeah. the light yeah. and we have lavender and tea tree so for his lungs nice. Mm. Um, and we've been doing that every night since nearly almost a year and he hasn't had any colds or anything wow. since doing yeah. that um and then my husband loves the smell of sage because it reminds him of sausages and we're vegetarian now so he <laughs> he gets the uh, the sausagey smell in the house and casper loves holding my smudging stick and pretending to waft it wafting it around a little bit supervision <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can see I can see how what you mean. It's about um helping to clear the energy field. Yes. With as as many kind of different or interesting techniques that they can kind of also partake in and enjoy and feel the benefit of. And I suppose Absolutely. once they feel the benefit of it, they're gonna want to do it. Mm. And then I mean, there's just so many kind of techniques. Um this tapping. Just- yeah there is absolutely yeah of course yeah I mean and tapping is a tool that we use with Yasmin to help reduce overwhelm you know it's not some it's it's all of these kind of techniques it's like a bit of a candy shop and we yeah you can choose what works in that moment and and it's a bit of a trial and error now you know as she's now eight we kind of know what works and what doesn't and what's you know, I'll instinctively know, right, she needs to get in the bath. <laughs> it's been a busy day. It's a bath and essential oils night. Or, okay. you know, it, it's, yeah. right, this is the tapping, you know, we need to use tapping in this situation. So yeah. it really is just trial and error and having that toolbox, having having the, the kind of the kit, yeah. so to speak, um, yeah. and being able just to use those and implement them as and when. But it will be trial and error for somebody who's totally brand new to high sensitivity who's totally new to you know spiritual tools and the things yeah I think a lot of mums will know that their child is sensitive but don't Mm. know that it's actually a common thing Mm. um, or that there's Uh things out there to and advice and tools to help support their children and a lot Um, can be so simple and easy as well yeah and cheap and cheap exactly yeah it doesn't have to be an expensive thing no no and your last um pillar is empower and thrive so Mm. tell me a bit more about that I mean that really hit home this morning when Yasmin said you know that you talked to me about it um because I I always felt that I wasn't good enough you know my sensitivity made me a bit of a wimp uh and it was a weakness to me for a lot of years it, I didn't understand it I didn't get it I didn't know why I was different I didn't understand why people other people could do things and I couldn't and I didn't didn't get it and that moment of empowerment came for me when you know I discovered high sensitivity and I you know and I don't I just didn't want I don't want you know thousands and millions of other children to have to wait until they're an adult to be 
empowered by knowledge that they have this personality trait that's slightly different from other people yeah and that they're okay you know and yeah exactly exactly and that yeah. sensitivity is a superpower so I talk to Yasmin about I mean her superpower is observing she notices everything she watches and she watches and she watches and you know, like what I love I love asking Yasmin the question like does your teacher notice all the stuff that goes on in the class <laughs> and she'll be like yeah no you know like she because she'll, she'll see it she'll yeah. see it she'll know she knows what's going on and I'm always like is the teacher in tune with what's going on in the class like does she understand everybody and you know and so you know we have really interesting conversations based on on her superpower because she can pick up on and intuit these subtleties in the classroom Amazing. and that are going on between people and going on between her peers um and I do have to catch myself from you know telling her off from staring <laughs> you know because she's an observer like her, yeah. her superpower is this observation um she knows what's going on she sees what's going on she feels what's going on but that requires her to observe and therefore you know there's a bit of staring that goes on yeah um, and do you find like her attention will be taken away by mm, that so therefore yeah. you you might want her to be attentive to something over here mm -hmm. but actually she's caught up in looking over there so that must be yeah. very hard as a mum because or a parent or caregiver mm. because you have an objective of something say like homework or whatever or needing to to focus on eating food even mm. um but yes, you kind of one. yeah the the child is like well no I'm over here because I'm you know I'm doing my thing I mean this that yeah. must be very hard yeah it can definitely be challenging um so is it, is it as much a job as it's a real shift for the parent, isn't it? Or the caregiver to, to adapt, to change and adapt their parenting style or to, yeah, to, to see that, that yeah. thing that you find quite distracting or frustrating about them as, as actually as their, their gift. Absolutely. Um, and it's yeah. having that knowing that like, I don't know how that will play out for her. Like, I don't know how, what job, you know, I can't predict what job, you know, sh or how that skill that she has will serve her in life. And it will, but I know that it will set her apart. Like it's yeah. having that grounded knowingness that actually this thing, um, her ability to feel, her ability to know will somehow serve her for a greater purpose as she moves into her adult life and and knowing that sensitives I mean our world's changing like we're not in the industrial yeah. age anymore where we're you know we're moving through the technological age and we're moving now into an age where empathy skill of empathy the skill of knowing seeing feeling hearing is more and more important as things become computerized as things become yeah. you know as things become more automated those human skills are 
going to be in demand and are becoming more in demand in organizations in jobs in institutions etc etc yeah it's having that knowingness that they're they're built for a new world they're built for a world that we didn't grow up in they're built for a world that doesn't even exist right now at this moment they're built for a world that is is the future and, oh, and you're so giving I, me shivers here <laughs> oh, I, i'm getting all the chills so they're they're empowering them it comes through knowledge and comes through speaking and being open and honest and and but them allowing them to thrive really also comes from your acceptance of of them yeah. and having that knowingness that and it's trust isn't it it's trust that they're going to be absolutely fine because the mm. world is adapting like you say to them and I, I wanted to talk about the and I know we need to cover some questions as well oh my gosh um, <laughs> the uh, the spiritual aspect of these sensitive children like I feel like there's more and more and more being born yeah. um, and absolutely. and they're you know classified in in various different ways um medically sometimes and other times they're just you know they're just very sensitive mm-hmm. um but there's a whole a whole spectrum or, or array of of skills that are now being born in in the world and the jobs that they're going to do aren't don't even exist yet right exactly, so exactly exactly that when we were nice. kids there was what there wasn't a social media manager no, no. <laughs> so, yeah can you imagine yeah. what is they are going to do because and like you say they are going to shape the world and bring it in a, in a direction that is planned it is, yeah. it is is on a trajectory to that new earth type of thing 100%. so it's it's as a parent it's trusting that you are the guardian of this super sensitive soul or soul it doesn't matter maybe they're not doesn't matter if they're sensitive or not um who is here to fulfill their own life purpose they're not here to be something for you you're literally a guardian you're here to kind of like help help them on a path Mm -hmm. and again I have to remind myself of that daily (laughs) (laughs) because because that's I you know I'm so with you on that um you know she's here to have her own experience and I am the guardian of that experience Mm -hmm. um but I can't control it so I just I just love that that we get to have these conversations but also that we yeah we have that this is our job you know to be this guardian of this amazing yeah group of 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 souls and absolutely when when Yasmin was born and I was like thrust into the parenting arena um I just really did notice that that there was so many more sensitive children around me um um yeah and I've had you know so many so much more common than people realize and people think yeah. um i mean elaine dr elaine aaron suggests that there's 15 to 20 percent um of the population that are have this highly sensitive personality trait but i think that's way more now yeah like way 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 yeah. more and again on that varying you know that sliding scale of of sensitivity that sliding scale of empathy that sliding mm. scale of of um intuition and and intuitive ability so there's there's no one size fits all there's no exact prescription uh and yes it's it's about really about feeling and exploring your way through i mean you can have two children who are both sensitive in completely different ways yeah 
yeah that's that's just testament um as a parent of an of a of, a, of one i don't have that uh, comparison but i know from speaking to other parents that that can be um can be a thing yeah totally okay so we've covered off some questions in in the conversation definitely mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. there's one uh, around teachers and mm. from a teacher perspective and also a parent perspective trying to communicate to a teacher or a school that um the, in in a way about how to cope and and deal with their child and and, the, and they're using those words cope and deal but actually it's not it's about nurturing and and empowering and, and helping yeah. them thrive etc but you know maybe the modern day teacher is having to deal with this a lot more than they have in the past and maybe their training isn't um and I've no idea here you you were a teacher in the past weren't you so um, mm-hmm. I've no idea whether training has evolved to um to support teachers in in having a higher degree of sensitive children in their class I've, I've absolutely no idea what do you think about what teachers can do and also then what can parents do to um, communicate with schools ah such a big question I don't know. <clears throat> um <laughs> there okay so no I don't think that the teaching world well I mean you know big in the teaching world kind of education is generally around trauma um adverse childhood experiences so aces um resilience is big you know bounce back ability um so they're all quite high agenda items for for schools um I don't think sensitivity is um uh, personally but I think why wow, it would be so wonderful if it was because you know 15 to 20% of your class that's almost a quarter you know of of your whole class so um I think it would be massive for teachers to understand this um and help them to really see what's going on and make just really simple small adjustments to their class yeah that makes sense what could they do because obviously a classroom can be very stimulating there's Mm -hmm. between 20 to 30 kids in a class depends on what school you're in or whatever um and you know it can be very chaotic at times what can they do yeah I mean well I used to visit a school who'd got a neutral a neutral policy um so they they have like neutral notice boards like everything's backed in hessian and cream and oh. it's all really low stimulation there's no i mean i don't know how many primary schools that you may have visited um <laughs> but they can be literally the walls can be like climbing with yeah. amazing creative displays but as beautiful as they are there could be so much going on because every wall is so filled. There's no white space. No white yeah. space. There's yeah. no. So I mean, my Yasmin's year two teacher was was um, I kind of spoke to her about it actually because I was like, oh, I'd go in and I'd be like, oh, it's so nice in here. There's no jarring colours. There's no, um, you know, brightly coloured this and brightly coloured that. And she went, oh yeah, I've done that because I I sense that there's quite a few children in here who 
get overstimulated easily. She wasn't talking about sensitivity. She was more talking about some autistic. Stimulation. Yeah. yeah, Or, you know, stimulation for some, maybe some autistic, possible autistic um, children in the class. And it it was one of the nicest classroom environments Yasmin's ever been in. And she loved it in there. Um, So just thinking about how your classroom is, like you spend five hours a day in there pretty much. So, you know, back your back your boards in cream paper mm. you know it doesn't have to be red and blue and green and orange and pink and purple and brown and you know it yeah. can be cream you know it can you know when you have your just think I mean some I mean those classes <laughs> I've got my hands over my eyes here but um just as I was leaving teaching it started to become a thing of like having stuff hanging from the ceiling yeah, I was gonna say we went to see Casper's classroom and it's like a washing line of crap hanging over your head that you have to duck under to move yeah. around the class yeah. I mean obviously the kids are young you know they don't feel that but it's all, all on your head yeah that's all in your head so I wonder is like, that that must be difficult for the crown chakra I know I'm going a bit spiritual there but like yeah absolutely. literally all this pressure of wild um stimulation and color and everything right on your head Mm -hmm. yeah so just understanding that like great point at a a simple simple level a highly sensitive child would have um a sensitive nervous system so they are oversensitive oversensitive they are sensitive to noise sight smell sound and then obviously feely kinesthetic touch um just seeing if you can reduce anything any of that yeah um, you know I, I sometimes see those tennis balls on the bottom of the chairs I don't know if you oh, ever come across that no. but if you have if you don't have a carpeted classroom and you noise. have yeah I mean Amazing. that children who are sensitive to noise that can be an autistic thing as well and you know, the noise can really upset them so um I think that's that that's probably an idea that's come yeah, from that's great. you know autistic um research and stuff but in terms of I know there's the question of and I want to cover it because I think it's important of how do I get my child's teacher to see this and it's about that education it is about the having the teacher to understand that it's a it's a it's a skill and it's a a great thing rather than a weakness Mm -hmm. it's ask you know you're gonna have to speak to them yeah and if speaking to them isn't um uh, an option at the moment it, it's a really good email <laughs> yeah it's a follow-up email and it's a you know someone once said to me no one's ever going to stick up for your child and I never thought I would be that parent but if there's something that my, that main caregiver at school needs to know about my child they're going to know about it and they're going to hear about it um, and they're going to get my assertive empowered knowledge um, you know conveyed in a loving way yes so it's not an irrational off the cuff yeah, email. Yeah, it's kind of a very considered, yes, absolutely um, sen- sensitive email, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're and learning the too. The teachers are learning too. Absolutely, aren't they? and and they're the better relationship you can have with them, you know, the better for your child. So it's 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 really about approaching that situation and that person with the facts. You know, you know, maybe do them a, a kind of you know a a pdf i mean i do i want to just say i just wanted to offer some of these um resources so i'm not very active in the facebook group that i created around the time that i published the sensitive subject book 
um, but it's still there and I will be open to let people in. So it's called the Sensitive Subject. It's a Facebook group. Yeah, um, it's, it's called a, a Sensitive Subject, a place for parents of sensitive children. Um, and within that group, there are lots of videos. But there's also if you go in the files section, there is a PDF. I mean, it's, it has my old branding and things on it. So it has my old website, but it's, it's just a PDF that's information for parents, caregivers and teachers. And it's just a simple A4 page that has what does it mean? Um, you know, it's just that real kind of basic information about sensitivity that I think anybody who doesn't know anything about it needs to know. Amazing. Um, so you can go on there, you can download that, you can take, I don't mind people kind of taking it out and putting that into an email because you don't necessarily Amazing. want to send them, you know, my <laughs> my branded thing, you know. So I'm happy for people to go there and find that. You may just wish to do your own research, um, get your own facts, you know. Yeah. Um, Is there any good books that you would recommend? Apart from my own, apart from yours, of course. Of course. <laughs> this That's is not a, absolutely not a plug, but um, yeah. So the sensitive subject is a book that I was guided to write um, very clearly, um, and it had those four pillars. Those four pillars that we spoke about were yeah. given to me um, through a meditation, and it was so it's very concise. It's a very small, as you know. Sarah you have it yeah. it's a very thin book yeah it's so uh, easy concise to read. It, yeah really easy to read and um it's not lengthy in any way and I try to summarize the important information that I've researched myself plus my own experience into that so sensitive subject um can be found on Amazon but I absolutely love um Dr. Elaine Aaron's book. She has two. So the first is um, the, sens uh, the highly sensitive child and the highly sensitive person. So she okay. has three. Okay. And they're both brilliant. Again, they're absolutely brilliant, but they're much longer. Um, but if you really want, if you're not sensitive yourself or you're just finding out about sensitivity, then they are the books to really go deep and find out. Amazing. As, as much as you want. There's also one more that's just, I feel, core to share because I think you probably will like it personally. Uh, and it's highly intuitive people. Okay. Seven right brain traits to change the lives of sensitive people. Amazing. So highly intuitive people by Hyla okay. So they're also for any of your listeners, uh, followers that are, you know, maybe sensitive themselves. Yeah. I think actually I have quite a few of these traits, but... It's only dawning on me now in this conversation. <laughs> Brilliant. Isn't it funny? Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so the kind of the, the last topic there about kind of education and stuff. So one of the questions was around how do I get my partner mm. on board with understanding yeah. and relating to my child? Because maybe the mum has got a good grasp of it and understands it can see the bigger picture, but the husband is, is, is struggling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had the exact same experience. Okay. So that okay, my husband, me and my, I'm, you know, I'm super empathic and sensitive. My husband is the exact opposite. So we're like <laughs> yin and yang in our house, um, which really relates to everything, how we parent, how we discipline, how we, you know, experience life. So I can totally empathize. And I think 
it's more common than we realize. I always felt quite alone in that situation. Uh, but I actually think it's much more common than we than we know. Uh, and again, it was about education, real gentle, open hearted conversations and getting, you know, almost teaching my husband about my sensitivity and then how that was playing out for Yasmin. Um, I mean, and it took time, like he didn't just get mm -hmm. it overnight. Yeah. Um, and he did find parenting her really tough until he kind of started to understand it himself. So it's, I mean, and there's that fine line, isn't there, between, you know, the mum knowing everything and the dad just, you know, we really... <laughs> I know, it's a bit cliche, isn't it? Yeah, we oh. do kind of have to, you know, like, you know, kind of shimmy them along a little bit and give them mm. a little bit of help and support, but just being kind of really sympathetic to them because they you know for somebody who doesn't understand sensitivity to then have a little person yeah it's gonna be really it's really hard like you and parenting is hard enough yeah and then having <laughs> to empathize with something that you've never experienced before yeah. yourself you know I have a best friend and she's completely the again the opposite her and my husband are actually very very similar <laughs> you know she's just like I just don't get it like I feel for you but I just don't get it I just have never I don't understand like how what you feel yeah just what you feel other people's emotions like, I don't get it like she just <laughs> she's open I love her like love her to death so having to put yourself you know these you know the action of empathy is putting yourself in someone else's shoes right mm -hmm. how can you put yourself in someone else's shoes when you've never experienced that it's quite a hard thing to do so yeah. it just takes time and patience but getting them to understand sensitivity with the with the facts you know the email that you might write to the teacher might be a bit of a text to your husband or, <laughs> you know, however you know however yeah. and, and I suppose the book if you, if you sit down with a book and start to learn stuff you could it can be conversation starters can't it when you yeah like, absolutely. Oh my gosh did you realize that this is actually a thing and absolutely um, isn't there often questionnaires that can help you identify if you do if your child is a highly sensitive yeah, I mean, Elaine Aaron has one on, I think it's that her website is HS Person, so just yeah. like highly sensitive person, hsperson.com. Uh, and there is a questionnaire on there that you can, you know, is am I sensitive? Is my child sensitive? So you can Amazing. send them that. Yeah. And, you know, then there's all of that. Then that helps paint the picture, doesn't it? Because it, it is does. hard. Yeah, they're like, oh, so I, this is this, yeah, our child's like this. Oh, they do that. Oh, yeah, she does this. And, Oh, I'd never, you know, and it, it, again, like you say, conversation starters, and it just opens up that, that education. That. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, in your book, I posted last week a picture of, as a, um, very early on, a, a general example. So a sensitive child walks into a busy classroom, they pick mm -hmm. up on the visual overload, this, this mm -hmm. one. And I had so many moms coming back saying, that was me, that was me, that was my childhood. And they never even realized it or realized that their children are also experiencing the same thing so that is a, I found was a really good thing for maybe a, a partner or a caregiver to read because it's from their perspective that we're missing isn't it that kind of real understanding from their perspective what they're seeing feeling hearing and and, and experiencing so I thought that was really good yeah, thank you yeah mm -hmm. uh, right let's see is there any more questions here that we need to give um meltdowns and tantrums and mm. things that I suppose are cons 
considered tantrums, but are possibly more cries for help. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to finish your sentence. No, absolutely. Like exactly. in terms of the meltdown, it is about understanding to it's understanding that they are overwhelmed. Um, try not to get sucked into the energy of it, you know? Um, and just understanding, just having that perspective of like, look, that okay, what's going on for you, even though you're not telling me, is that you have an overstimulated nervous system and I'm going to be here for you. Get down on their level, empathize, validate their emotions. I can see that you are X, Y, Z. Um, can mummy help you? What can we do? And okay. in that situation, they probably, you know, depending on age, you might make, have to make that decision for them. It might be, I can see that you are overwhelmed. I can see that you are X, Y, Z. Let's go to the toilets and wash our hands. Or let's go outside and take five minutes. Let's go and take our shoes off and walk on the grass. Ah. Let's go and throw some stones. Let's go and collect some sticks. You know, something grounding, earthy, you know, if mm, these things are nature. accessible for you. Yeah. And then and then talk to them like honestly like I keep going back to what Yasmin said my little yeah. wise eight-year-old oh, amazing. <laughs> um you know you spoke to me about it mummy you know what's the best what's the what's what can somebody do to help another child understand talk to talk to me about it mm. so even like I know so many people will shy away from oh I don't want to talk to them about being sensitive but because they think something might be wrong with them but um, I, I would honestly I would used to sit down with Yasmin from a really young age and people may completely disagree, but I would say from about three or four, mm -hmm. you are sensitive. You are a little bit different than some other people. And because you are like this, mummy's like this, so it's okay. But because you are like this, you can experience or find things a little bit different. There's nothing wrong, you know, and be really open. like, mm. And she's just got it like and it doesn't hold her back she's so confident she's Amazing. really popular she you know she does drama she like does theater wow. she stands on a she, up until recently she stood on a stage and you know acted and sang with other wow. children like for me wow. I would never you know that would not have ever been a thing like I couldn't yeah. even go to a ballet class like it yeah. was just so awful so it ne being open and honest with her never has been has, hasn't been detrimental. Held her back, yeah. No, it's never held her back. It's That's never amazing. made her think. She's just understood it. I think because I went through so many years of not being validated, of feeling misunderstood, of feeling, you know, like a bit of a weirdo and outsider. That actually that was more detrimental. Not understanding why I yeah. felt the way I felt was more detrimental to my confidence um than anything else that held me back thinking that I there was something wrong with me because I didn't have the full picture held me back more than knowing I'd have known like and there's no blame there like yeah, that, was my, that was my purpose that was my life path that was my yeah. you know my destiny almost um but if we know about these things and we can be confident enough to be open and honest um then that could change that whole trajectory for our children yeah um, and i it like it stems to the the belief system isn't it it's like you grew up thinking that you weren't good enough yeah. whereas she grows up knowing i'm grand i'm great and i'm just a little bit different absolutely you know? yeah and absolutely. and she's 
calling it a superpower is really cool too isn't it especially for boys and stuff like my kids are just superhero crazy mm. them to kind of identify it with you know spider-man is great at whatever spider-man's great at. <laughs> i can't even think no, spider, doesn't he like you just pick up on stuff like this is the thing like i think if we look to these things actually they're a little bit there's a bit more subliminal messages in in there you know yeah. they know when something's wrong they don't know how they know but they feel that something's wrong and then they you know they always know where the danger is because yeah. They're, yeah. they're tuned in they're tuned into what's going on around them they amazing you know i mean i know clark kent like gets he used to get a phone call or something <laughs> like spider-man just like oh he yeah, yeah no, clark would hear wouldn't he He'd hear. yeah yeah you yeah. see that's my superpower the hearing thing like my hearing is so like i can hear a pin drop a mile away so yeah. And, and that's the the hearing thing, you know, the listening, the the feeling, and and hearing what people are saying. Um, that's that's mine. Um, but yeah, so I'm a bit like Clark Kent. I can hear. <laughs> I, I love can that. hear the <laughs> hear that. the danger. Mm-hmm. Um, just conscious of time. So there's a couple mm. more questions I want to <laughs> cover off, and maybe they can be maybe there's they're similar so there's one who's um a child is afraid to disappoint because so she people pleases mm. um and then how do i protect my child from being taken advantage of when he's older and how can i foster resilience to cope in the big bad world so there might be something to, like um they're together with it with a common theme yeah i mean i really struggle with these questions but it was it was really a kind of a suck it and see thing um yes I mean I asked Yasmin about the people pleaser one and mm. she said just tell them just to do it and if they get it wrong and someone doesn't like it then they just have to try it again <laughs> love it like, okay so I She's think so resilient already so resilient. I mean yeah. that's I think that's the thing and as a you as a parent or a caregiver you just need to instill that over time um the people pleaser i mean god that's me all through and through absolute people pleaser um and it's a journey um and maybe and that comes from the conversations you know yeah. the, the the validation you're you're good enough you're good enough exactly as you are you're perfect exactly as you are no one's perfect you know we're all imperfect in a way and yeah. building that inner confidence the mm-hmm. trust and knowing so if they yeah if they tune into that more then other things might then follow so the people pleasing might fall away as you build that inner confidence do you think that Absolutely. would be right yeah i that yeah you summarized that perfectly i think it's those conversations are just super important um as as yeah as you go along and try not to worry yeah you know, what not worrying about projecting these things exactly. yeah. onto on, onto the children already i mean i have to really catch myself doing that because I worry, I don't want her to have the same life experiences and pitfalls that I had. I want to make that better for her. And those are emotional, I mean, you know, emotional things. But actually, she's her own person and her, she's so different to me. So I have to remember not to get, not to project my fears into into her experience. Um, and, you know, people pleasers are pretty cool sometimes <laughs> it's hard it's hard to witness you know but um, I know as a as a recovering people pleaser I can honestly say that it just comes with time and, and practice and and yeah and having conversations had somebody sat down with me and explained that I don't always need to do everything you know we often Yasmin and I often have the talk about sheep 
and why you know the, the saying follow you know uh-huh. follow, like a herd of you know follow the sh- what is the saying I don't know but how sheep all follow one another mm-hmm. you know one does one thing and then they all follow each other yeah I, I, I always tell her about teenagers and how teenagers are like that <laughs> <laughs> and how she doesn't need to be a sheep she can do her own thing I'm like see all those all those three girls are all dressed the same I'm like that's the sheep thing that's you know <laughs> they're they're following you know just and just planting those seeds of cultivating some individuality within within her yes I know teenagers do that out of safety and you know I'm not taking that away we all did that yes continue for the the rest of time yeah we cannot change teenagers brains or their behavior but we can plant seeds of um we can just plant seeds yeah that will grow um and shape their beliefs about themselves and think well I you know do I need to do how do I feel about doing that like they're playing that game and I don't want to play that game so do I play that game and feel rubbish about it or do I choose to do what I want to do and go and sit and read a book under a tree like yeah you know it's just talking about scenarios yeah talking about those choices with your children like Mm. yes that's okay you can do that but this might be the consequence of that and if you want to deal with that consequence and you feel like that's okay then cool go ahead and do it but if you want to uh if you don't like that consequence then you don't do it and you choose a different path so again it and, and that comes over with time like I'm not a parenting expert god right you know, <laughs> at all. I'm mainly talking from my own parenting myself <laughs> as an adult um you know but yeah just open communication is just super super cool yeah amazing okay to summarize we can help our highly sensitive children by adapting and changing lifestyle to their needs understanding and empathizing validating their emotions helping create a calm and clear environment by baths and tools and sprays and scents and smells and nature and things like that and then we can help empower them to by validating their superpower and giving them kind of that inner belief and the inner strength. Um, how does that sound? Summarize perfect. perfect. It yeah. sounds perfectly. I don't sounds like an it. easy job, doesn't it? It does. I don't <laughs> think I mentioned nature enough, but yeah. Yeah. You know, nature. I don't think we spoke about that as much yes. as I probably okay. would have liked to. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, we'll nature is a, a wonderful grounding uh, tool for the children. Yeah, I have to say, I've never spent so much time in nature and woods and the beach since lockdown. And it changed every single day the 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 energy that yeah. the boys were, the fractious energy that they were experiencing. Um, and I really, really found that. And I really enjoyed it too. And it's something yeah. I didn't even expect. It was kind of an unexpected bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for your time and thank you you're welcome amazing wisdom and and brilliant advice today and I'm sure that people will be checking you out after this so the 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 book on Amazon the sensitive subject and your sensitive subject parenting group on Facebook as well Mm -hmm. and I'll put all the links to you in the the notes and everything as well for people Mm, that's yeah that's great thank you so much no problem thank you Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to this podcast, tell all your friends, and it would be amazing if you could please leave me a review too. 
To find out more about me, visit tappingformums.com or follow me on Instagram at Sarah underscore Tobin. If you'd like to do some tapping with me for free, check out my YouTube channel. Just search Tapping for Mums. For now, I wish you peace, joy and abundance on your journey.